This podcast is sponsored by Speaker Rocks Media, where we hand-build podcasts just like this one to create online communities for brands like yours. If you'd like to learn more, head over to speakerboxmedia.com. I had on and off 30 years of depression and suicidal ideations. It was so hard that I really did not want to stay on the planet. As a child, I heard this little voice that said, you're here to do important things. And I like, who are you? <laughs> Why are you talking to me? Welcome to the B2B Growth Hacks podcast, the show that helps entrepreneurs like you unlock opportunities for growth in business. I'm your host, Sarah Smith, and this is B2B Growth Hacks, a podcast powered by Speakerbox Media. Welcome back to another episode of B2B Growth Hacks. Thanks for joining us. Today, I'm gonna to welcome you to Holly Wood. She is the founder and CEO of Emergence Institute. Holly, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much, Sarah. I'm delighted to be here. So Holly and I connected and we hit it right off. She has an amazing story. And when I told her about our Resilient series, I could just see the excitement in her eyes with being able to give us more insight into what she does day to day, how she helps people find their purpose. And I think that flows right into being resilient in life. So Holly, I'm going to jump right in. I want you to go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience. Great. Thanks, Sarah. The nutshell version, I have had many careers and lots of circuitous loops in my journey. But um, right now, mostly what I do is work with entrepreneurs and founders, executives who are burned out on what they've been doing and people who want to make a difference in the world. And I help them find their really precise, deep purpose and then build careers, products, businesses around that so they can make a difference in the world. So they bring their innate genius to the planet and do something that matters to them and has an impact and also is, creates a fulfilling life and, and lifestyle. How long have you been doing this type of work and how long since you founded Emergence Institute? Well, I've been doing work like this for almost 40 years. So that gives you away, gives away a little too much. But um, this particular form of work I've been doing about 20 years. I founded Emergence Institute about a year ago, primarily because my website was hacked during the pandemic, oddly destroyed, like to smithereens. I just couldn't salvage it. I said, well, now is the time to start over and rebrand and recreate my next expression. So out pops the Emergence Institute, of course. That's when I started, I actually started innovating. It was a, it was a, you know, formidable time for me and also lots emerged during that phase as did for many of us. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh. Uh, in uh, in your face kind of resilient action just there. I don't really know if it gets more resilient than that. That was nothing. Oh. <laughs> I've hundreds of stories. And you guys, she's telling the truth. That is nothing compared to how much more she has to share with us. So I'm going to dive right in. You coach some amazing CEOs and founders on, on finding their purpose. What is the number one barrier in your experience to being resilient? Well, over the years, I mean, I, I used to think it was a lot of things, but over the years, what I've come to know is that not knowing ourselves, so having a lack of clarity mm -hmm. about who we are and what is ours to do and what inspires us and excites us enough to keep 
pursuing that goal or that mission year after year after year. We are resilient when we know that the thing that is on the other side of this hurdle is worth fighting for, is worth mm-hmm. trudging through the muck and the mire, you know, to, to keep going because so much of life is challenging. And so we need to have a vision of, of who we are and where we're going to get us through those difficult times. And when you can see the other side, you can almost smell the flag on the North Pole, it, it takes you through a lot. So having deep clarity about who you are and, and what's yours to do. Yeah, absolutely. I think one of the most challenging things that I was met with personally is when someone asked me to vocalize the mission, to vocalize Mm -hmm. what I wanted to do and said, give me two sentences. I mean, that was of all the different things I had had to do for my business. This is one of the most difficult things. So I absolutely think, yeah, having clarity and having just a a very clear viewpoint of where you want to be, what value you provide and where you're going. And I think there's this misconception that the this comes if you have purpose or if you have clarity that it comes without difficulty Mm -hmm. that things are just having purpose means that things are easy or I'm going to easily achieve them and they feel good all the time Mm -hmm. but that hasn't been my experience at all no it isn't and I mean and I don't want to say it definitely doesn't get harder but we have more commitment because we have focus and direction. So even though there may be hurdles and challenges, I mean, there are always hurdles and challenges in, in having a business, but at least we know how to make decisions that will create the most efficient way to move forward and have more impact and effect and, and then profit, of course. So that precision of purpose is what really matters. And quite honestly, when you have that precise purpose, we can talk more about, but it, it literally starts calling in synchronicity or, you know, magic, we might call it in, the, in lay terms. There is an alignment that happens when you get that precision that does actually make life easier because opportunities arise that give you the direction and the focus more easily. Yeah, absolutely. And and I think when you when you're coming from a place of clarity or you're coming from a clear understanding, your mindset is different. And and now all of a sudden you see something as a possibility versus a hurdle. You see it as an opportunity versus a barrier. There's so much that changes in synchronization to becoming into alignment with the clarity of your purpose and where you want to go. Yeah, and that that speaks to a couple of things. One of them is in my work with CEOs and founders and others, there are always hurdles and barriers that exist that we identify and work to you know, walk through, basically. So each of us has all of this unconscious material that we also came to work with. And I I believe purpose is kind of like a two-sided coin. One side is the gift or the talent, the thing that we came here to do. And the other side is the shadow or the unconscious material that we are here to work on. So, you know, I can talk about soul, and I believe that our soul pulls us forward in life and gives us opportunities to both express ourselves more fully and also to heal whatever needs to be healed. So whether it's childhood or other times of life, we get both of those opportunities, and they're both important 
aspects of living into our purpose. So the synchronicity happens when we literally can do both of those things simultaneously, which then creates a chance to see everything as an important opportunity for moving forward. When we hit hurdles that don't feel good necessarily, sometimes those are important things for us to become more aligned and better people to tackle our purpose. It's all good, in other words. There's, there really aren't things that are, you know, that are bad in our lives. We tend to think about life as good and bad, and I see it differently than that. Yeah, and I think, you know, as a, as a, a, a co-founder myself and as a business professional, that impacts not just me, not just my organization, but everyone around me. It right. affects the products we put out. It affects our right. social attitude towards our audience. I mean, there's this... Um, this almost it's almost like a dna that you're passing through um through your org through your products and hopefully down to profit that really is is the byproduct of all the way back to you having this strong sense of clarity and this viewpoint of seeing possibility versus mm -hmm. hurdles seeing opportunity versus barriers and yeah. it, it just has this ricocheting effect i've found when i've worked on the difficult things the things that i felt maybe weren't the most pleasant but like you said overall good i'm so glad you shared that example um one of the things i like to talk about is you know think about a salesperson, and I'm not going to characterize any particular kind of salespeople, but there are salespeople who really have to make their quotas. And so they got to push product. And you can tell that when you're with that person, they're not necessarily telling the truth about everything that they're telling you about this product. And it, you feel slimed, like literally, that's just ugh, gross. You walk away from that experience and like, wow, I wish I hadn't that, you know, and like clear it out. And when we are not aligned with purpose, it has that tinge. Mm. So the more precise you are with your own purpose, the, the sort of the opposite of that slimy experience, you're going to have a purity and a clarity and a trueness, a truth to you that then is translated to your products and is translated to your distribution distribution systems and your sales messages, et cetera. And so every part of your business then feels right. And people can feel that in your product. You can tell when products are made with love, you know, for instance. We can just feel the distinction when people are on purpose and they're creating things that are that are derived from that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I have a background in sales. And at one point, I was um, selling for a veterinary pharmacy. And I am a huge animal lover. I mean, when I say, you know, puppy paws, things, they drive me crazy. They, I'm sure some part of my brain lights up very brightly mm -hmm. when I see animals. And, you know, I started as a new salesperson, and I, I get in and, and it was going really well. And they said, what are you doing differently? And I said, I think it's just that I love animals so much mm. radiates. Yeah. And and I didn't, yes. it, it, I mean, it's like, is it that simple? I think it is. It, it is actually that simple. When you're aligned with purpose and you're living it, it comes through every part of your being and, and including your products and your business systems and it, everything you're putting out into the world. It's felt. And, and so the reason we want to get to a really precise version of that is because then every bit of you, all your cells, all the 
quarks in you. You know, we can start talking quantum physics here, but all all the all the parts of you resonate at that level and then everything you create also resonates at that level and you can tell when it doesn't and that's where the decisiveness and the focus come in because you can feel when it's off like oh that really doesn't feel well that message or that partner or that you know that system of selling our product that's not aligned with who I am and and what we're trying to do here so it makes decision making in in companies much simpler actually it doesn't make it doesn't make it all harder it makes it simpler yeah for sure you are no stranger to barriers <laughs> and to to having to be personally resilient i know a little bit of your story but i'd love for you to share just a little bit of your story however you feel comfortable um, with our audience of your personal struggles of finding your purpose how you got there what you've been through and where you are now mm. a few years ago i was still working through letting go the the notion of having been a victim. And so I've now worked through that and I can see all of the trials and tribulations, the traumas that I went through as significant means for me to get here. But I, I mean, I grew up in a childhood context that, um, you know, was very challenging, like many people, probably 90, 95% of us on the planet, right? A mother who had mental health issues that were undiagnosed. And so a fair amount of abuse and neglect wasn't resolved, you know, until adulthood. I had on and off 30 years of depression and suicidal ideation. So I just, it was so hard that I really did not want to stay on the planet. And it was everything I could do. As a child, I heard this little voice that said, you're here to do th important things. And I like, who are you? <laughs> Why are you talking to me? <laughs> What's that voice? And that stayed in my, you know, in my being for all those years and in the darkest of times. And I just kept experiencing trauma after trauma. When you're living as a victim and when you're, you know, not yet recovered, you just keep experiencing the same darn thing. You know, you just sort of... I'm not going to suggest that victims invite in their trauma, but we we create an energetic that literally does kind of keep us in the turmoil. And so I just kept inviting it in and didn't find a way out. But this voice kept saying, you're here to do something important. And it wasn't until literally my 20s, I think, after I had begun to start, you know, resolving some of my doing some of the recovery work. I started pretty early, but I had a lot to recover from. There was this notion that I was here to do something important, and I kept looking for it, kept looking for it, kept looking for it. And so I would just be in and out of careers, and I would master something, and I'd go to the next one, and that wasn't it. And I just I kept trying to find this thing that I was here to do that was important enough to keep me on the planet. And at some point, I, I was, I think I was pregnant with my first child, and I went into a bookstore, and literally a book fell off the shelf into my lap, and this book called Callings by an author named Greg Lavoie, who was a former journalist, my very first purpose book, and I just devoured the book, like, oh, there's something here that I'm supposed to be know about myself, and I was in my doctoral program, I switched to human development, and I started studying human development, just devouring things. And it, you know, one thing led to another, I, I still had a lot of traumas and a lot of careers. Um, but over time, 
I finally did figure out that my my role here on the planet is to help people uncover their soul purpose and live into their highest potential in order to make the biggest difference on the planet. I have a fairly complex purpose statement, but in in general, that's what it's about. I feel the weight of mm. the time and the work that you've had to do to get to yeah. where you are now, to a, a place that's healed, a place that has clarity, a place that has purpose and is giving back. I mean, if I could think of the, the, the master goal of life, I think it is that. It is that we all want to be um, accepted and of value and mm-hmm. we want to leave the earth diff- better than we found it right and that is such it sounds so simplistic but and my own search has definitely been mm. the hardest thing to hone in on it's very easy when you get into different interactions with people and you'll look at them and you'll say oh this person's got it and you're trying to figure out what is it that they have mm-hmm. what is it what exactly is it that this person has that help, makes me radiate to them right and i think that's what it is it's it's just this this big, bold, energetic feeling of, I know why I'm here. I know what mission I'm on. Well, and and absolutely, I completely agree with that. And what I think about that is that when I am living truly as myself, I have such a level of self-love and self-acceptance that I am totally connected to myself and therefore, I have love for you mm. and any other being. I have, I can have full love and compassion. And there's, there's nobody on the planet really that can intervene or interfere with that because I have such love and compassion that everybody's included. And so I radiate that level of pure consciousness that wants to support. So, so I've just really in the last year come into an awareness that when I have this precise purpose, there is nobody on the planet that's that I'm in competition with, mm. which means I get to be an advocate and a cheerleader and a supporter of every other single person here, which like, wow, what a game I get to play. Like, right. you know, what is it that would stand in the way of me being of utmost service and having the most fulfilling life? And that's tr- that is literally I believe literally true for each of us that when we know ourselves that deeply that we get to live fully as ourselves and there's nobody else that can live what you're here to live that we are all literally in support of each other. And how would that change absolutely everything? Right. Yeah. I mean, and even just that level of powerful self-love, whole human beings running businesses around the country and world just changes the entire dynamic of the business landscape of competition as we know it and, and really allows each business organization leader to forge their own path that is not in competition but right. that's collaborative that's unique and and also accepting of whatever other products or businesses right. or people are they're they're running alongside yes. you you know it, instead of looking at what business A is doing and what business B is doing and trying to figure out how to compete with them when you're in alignment as a person and as a leader as a founder you're you're able to give your business the same type of alignment and yes. direction and i think those are the products that we see thrive yep. and the businesses that we see build the best 
um, followings and support because like you said, you it, when you interact with those products or those businesses or you walk into those stores, you quickly feel that mm-hmm. from the entire culture, the, the, even the organization of the store, the cleanliness of it. Just in general, I think it all kind of uh, trickles down to this one thing that we all understand and that's experience, human experience. That's how we connect. And so I'd like to kind of segue into, we're talking about how this this affects us as people and then it kind of trickles down into business. Mm-hmm. How as a business can we be resilient? We Maybe we've become these, these great whole people who have purpose now. How do, we, how do we get that in our business? How do we get that in our work? You know, I and so I was going to say the word that came to me as you were speaking was the word welcome. Mm. And I think as we welcome ourselves into the, I've never used this word before, so I don't know why it came in, but it feels important as we welcome ourselves to the planet truly as ourselves and we build products from that origin of us, the deep root of purpose. And then we go from there and build business systems that are aligned with us and our and our product and then we we find partners who are in alignment with that and we find means uh, we find messages that align and and we find means of extending our reach and you know distribution channels and communication channels so literally it's you know I don't know if your audience is familiar with the holographic you know we are we are we are a um we live in a holographic universe, and so everything is a subset of everything else. You've probably heard, you know, we're just stardust. So literally, we are we are a microcosm of everything we produce is a microcosm of who we are. So if if I am living fully as purpose, then my product and my systems and my partners and my influence in the world will be representations of that, and so everything someone experiences about me will be resonating with the level of welcome that I feel for myself and being on the planet. So in business, literally, the more precisely we can define our purpose and then build that into our products and all our systems and all our ways of being in the world, the more successfully one can create impact and also find abundance because profit really is an exchange of energy and when one feels that the product becomes something but somebody wants because they feel who I am those are still the best interactions and those are still the most successful interactions as when you sit down and you're having a conversation with a human being right and you realize that your whys align and your missions align and that you think similarly about how we treat one another or how we exchange money or how we exchange ideas i think those are the best type of connections and that we have to consistently as businesses and orgs and people challenge ourselves to maintain that level of connection and be, um, you know, human centric and be at the very root of who we are courteous to the value that each of us are Mm -hmm. as individuals Mm -hmm. before we are a product or a business. And I think starting at that baseline, then we build these amazing products and businesses that then connect but it's it's really based on this foundational value of who we are as humans first right and i mean we know so much about relational marketing and it really is rooted in this concept of 
bringing yourself to the product and to the methods that you're using to expose your product to the market. And the more we know ourselves, the more that relational marketing will be authentic and true and received then by the potential customer. Um, so the closer we get to ourself, the closer we get to our customer, which means then we can have that true giving, receiving dynamic profit. <laughs> you know, that's really what it is. I mean, that's that. Yeah. In a nutshell. That's, that's where we're trying to get. And, I, you know, profit and purpose, if you're doing it well, they kind of align. They do. They're, um, and that's the best type, I feel like, to have. You mentioned something uh, in an earlier conversation we were having, and I'd love to hit on it. You, you talked about how... Being clear and being in alignment helps you make make have better outcomes and helps you make better strategic uh, decisions. Mm -hmm. Can you dive into that a little bit more for me? Yeah, and it, it also creates more innovation. I mean, I think the there are many facets of having a clarity about who you are and your purpose and product that lets you create very focused decision-making so your not only your visioning becomes more clear, but your um, strategy becomes very focused because you know where you're going and it's easier to develop strategies and make decisions that are in alignment, as well as something what I what I like to call safe to learn and safe to fail. Mm -hmm. And when I'm working with clients, you're going to think this is weird, but I d I've developed what I call purpose KPIs. So there are there are means of detecting whether you're aligned with purpose or not in your work in your life and in your work. And so this level of attention to the metrics of whether or not I'm in alignment with my purpose allows you to identify which strategies are working and which aren't. And then you revise your strategies. If that's not keeping me in alignment, metrics are off, then I, I refocus and create a new strategy. Um, so it helps to make decisions from there. The, the reason I use these terms safe to learn, safe to fail is that purpose really is our, it's like a compass. And if you're out in the woods hiking and you do, there aren't any trails in the woods, you need a compass to say there's north and I need to go northeast and I head in that direction. And each time you, you veer from the right direction, the compass says, oh, you're, you know, the arrow's a little off. And that's what purpose is, literally. It's like our GPS. It keeps us moving in the right direction. And so we are able to make these decisions, you know, make these decisions and recalibrate regularly. So it's safe to both learn how we're doing and safe to fail because I, I know how to get back on track. Yeah. And I think that's where it's it's funny you hear uh, commonly in startups and in founders and in leaders that they just have this instinct that there's always this gut instinct about making decisions. Everyone wants to, to know what's the perfect formula or what's mm -hmm. the how did you do it? And so often I hear them say it's this instinct or I, I just knew this was the right decision to make. And I think that's what you're hitting on here is is it, it's this feeling it's this innate knowing of when my compass is pointed right in the right direction and I need to move forward even if it's foggy even if I can't see the trees on the other side I know that this is the way I'm supposed to go and I think it's instinctual and it's energetic and all of us and when I hear you say that and I've heard this this common statement mm -hmm. made I said oh this is where these align that instinctual knowing what's the right decision to make and I think that's the difference between 
being in alignment and being out of alignment that you can get pulled in all these different directions if you don't have right right clarity. you know in the the utility of having an articulated defined purpose that's not codified but at least understood well enough by the founder and the founder team is that there's more than just the founder and his or her instinct that's guiding and making all the decisions. Because when the whole team really grokks the purpose, then everybody's instinct kicks in if you can really feel it and embody it. Mm. And then you spread it out into your company, and then you spread it out into your partners. And everybody that's like, oh, company X, they do this thing. I won't even bother going to them because I don't I know they won't want to be a partner with me or wow, I want to partner with them. So you invite in the right people who are your supply chain or your, you know, partners or investors or whomever because they get who you are different distinctly than not having that really defined purpose. So it's not only a founder's instinct, but it, it can then become disseminated, dispersed among the whole system of a company moving forward. Yeah, absolutely. And just like you're talking about how, you know, it starts with a founder and then kind of seeps down through the organizations almost to the roots of the the, the full being or org, I think it's the same thing when it comes to innovation in general or collaboration or creating an environment or culture that invites that. Yeah. And you said this thing that I loved, which was that innovation is a byproduct of resilience. Talk yeah. to me about that. Well, it's about the safe to learn, safe to fail thing. So when you are willing to learn continually in your business. You know, here's my purpose, here's where I'm going, here's my specified product. And then you get out there in the world and, oh, that didn't work quite so well, let me try something else. Because it's safe, you're safe to learn and safe to fail, and I'm willing to identify what worked, what didn't, so I'm constantly looking for a better way because I have these metrics at hand. And so as you're constantly learning and growing, then you're continually producing things. And eventually, then that also turns into new product ideas and new inspirations and, you know, new corollary products and things that are expanding your product line. So innovation is a byproduct of the clarity of knowing who I am and the resilience, you know, it hardly, it in my from my frame, it's hardly even needs for resilience because it's just, I'm just evolving, <laughs> just growing and it doesn't hurt anymore. Yeah. You know, so I don't, I don't even, I don't even need to be resilient anymore because it's just the way it is. I'm constantly moving forward, learning and growing, learning and growing. And so it, because of that, you're constantly innovating into new ideas. Yeah, it's the building of the muscle to where, it, it, you know, it doesn't, you don't feel the sting anymore. Right. It's just what you do. Right. And it's so ingrained um, that you're, you're, you're now programmed to look and, and, and not even ask what's happened or dive into, like you were talking about this victim mentality or this, oh, poor me, what was that? You know, but instead to instinctually look forward. Right. Because you, you see your North Star. And so it's just this is just another rock or or mountain or fence that I've got to get over to get to where I'm going. Absolutely. You you've hit on a few different things here, but I love that you talk about this is a journey. This is not getting to a point and, and you're constantly changing throughout this mm -hmm. journey. 
you're evolving. Yep. And, you know, I, I have been on an evolutionary path, obviously. That's what I came to do in this lifetime. And I didn't used to talk about evolution and business in the same sentence. But anymore, I can't talk about purpose and business and innovation without also talking about evolution. Because we are hum- these beings being human, you could talk about human beings, but we're beings being human, and we're learning to how to be human by learning who we are and what is ours to do and what is it that we offer the world and a product or a career or a job or a role or, you know, the many roles we have in life. As we do those things, we learn and grow. And that is evolution. If you're paying attention, you know, if you're just going through the motions and not really learning anything, you're not really evolving. But the, the point, as you described earlier, the point is actually to become more and more of ourselves mm. and less of who we are not. That's how I like to think about it is the more I become me, lose, integrate all the things that really aren't me, I become a more enabled, embodied, actualized, and effective, impactful person, being on the planet and and therefore I can produce and offer much greater products if you want to think about business or things in the world and have more impact and have more fun at the same time yeah like it's yeah. way more fun <laughs> <laughs> it's way more fun to feel when you know where you're going than when you're stuck in the mud and you have no idea where yeah. to go I will say that my goal is to have more fun <laughs> oh, for sure for sure You've shared so much today, and this conversation has been so rich. If there was one thing you could leave our audience with, what would that be? I think it would be that it's never, ever too late to get really clear about who you are and try to define your purpose. A lot of the people I work with, they have often been fairly successful, fairly or very successful entrepreneurs and founders and executives. And at some point they wake up and say, wow, I don't want to do that anymore. That doesn't that doesn't have any meaning. And I I really hate going to work. (laughs) Like, (laughs) what can I do that would make a difference and make me feel good and have fun? And so, you know, these are people who have had one or more successful products and businesses to, you know, starting multi, multi million dollar businesses. And and then some who haven't done that. It's, It's the whole range anybody and and what i am honored to witness is that sometimes when you get the closest to who you really are it's the hardest so no matter how successful mm-hmm. someone may have been in a version of their life when we get really close to us it's scary mm-hmm. because the real me actually now has to come to the planet and expose myself like as me, like I'm not hiding behind any role or a facade. And no matter what you've done before, that feels really vulnerable and raw. And so it's it's hard for many people to do this. So I just want to encourage people to take a step to get a little bit closer to something that has true meaning to you and feel into what that's like to be more and more of yourself and how you can be more expressed just as you and what kind of joy that brings to you in your daily life. 
Yeah, that feels amazing. And just an affirmation to hear sitting across the energy in that statement just Mm. resonates so much with me. Where can our audience find you if they want to get more information about I know you're putting out great content about clarity and purpose? Where can they find you? So my business is emergenceinstitute.net. And that's emergence, not emergency (laughs) or emergent. Um, I've also just launching the purpose launch lab. Um, and you could go to bit.ly uh, slash purpose with a capital P hyphen launch lab with two capital L's. Um, and maybe we can put that in show notes or something. We but will get that linked. Yeah, I would love for anybody that's curious. It's a it's a year long program to help people who want to bring in their purpose driven products into the world to work through all of these steps that are in the purpose flywheel. So love that. Well, I um yes, we will link all those amazing resources for you guys in the show notes. And I just want to thank you again, Holly, for mm. sharing your story and um you know for being brave enough to step into your purpose mm. because thank I know you. that this. Uh, conversation and that your work is just providing so much value and so much meaning for other people. Thank you, Sarah. Delightful. We hope you enjoyed this week's episode. If you'd like to know how to get involved and share your story, head over to our website at b2bgrowthhacks.com. Also, while you're there, subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss the latest conversations happening here on B2B Growth Hacks. This podcast is sponsored by Speaker Rocks Media, where we hand-build podcasts just like this one to create online communities for brands like yours. If you'd like to learn more, head over to speakerboxmedia.com.